What will I do with all that free time? How much money will I need I'm some living? Will I still be able to help my kids financially? Living on a fixed income sounds scary. Don't be paranoid. It's your retirement. If retirement uncertainties keep you up at night, you're not alone. That's why we're here, to help you let go of your paranoia and enjoy retirement full on. Making our own way. Welcome to the Paranoid Retiree Podcast, where your hosts are so paranoid about retiring, we had to make a <laughs> podcast about it. Hi, I'm Jill. I'm Greg. And I'm Ann. And we're paranoid as hell. Uh, maybe you guys are. I don't know if I am. Here's what you're in for today. How to approach your bucket list. Stanford School of Medicine actually has conducted bucket list research. More about experiences than just traveling. Quality time with friends and family. Desire to accomplish a personal goal. Number one is the desire to travel. We turned to a group travel expert. Those rooms are discounted heavily. That's a little secret. You, you heard it here first, folks. Hook me up. You don't want to set such high expectations that you get frustrated. Never too late to tailgate. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, we had Jill over and we were talking about the podcast and some of the ideas that we've had. And one of the things that I had been thinking about and we chose to do was to watch a movie called The Bucket List. If you're not familiar with The Bucket List, it came out in 2007, and it was two of my favorite actors, Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman, a couple of very unlikely fellows that came together in a unique circumstance and put together a bucket list, and then they go through what their bucket list was and how they helped each other accomplish it. I loved this movie. I watched this movie when it came out with my mom. And my mom, back in the day, was a very famous bucket lister. She didn't have anything written down, but she always had things to look forward to, which is her perspective on a bucket list. So today we're going to talk about whether or not a bucket list is really a healthy thing for everyone to have and whether or not it has a place in your retirement, kind of different ways to think about it. And then maybe some thoughts around how you might approach your bucket list. We have some, we have an interesting guest today who's going to come out and talk with us and we'll jump right in. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You wouldn't think that there would be research on the bucket list, but it turns out there is. Stanford School of Medicine actually has conducted bucket list research and has published this research in a medical journal. It turns out that the bucket list is really, really popular. They interviewed over 3,000 people, 91% of them reporting that they have a bucket list, which doesn't mean that you need to have one. It's just that a bucket list is obviously something that's um, pretty popular. It turns out that there are six common themes to bucket lists. Number one is the desire to travel. I like that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Number two is the desire to accomplish a personal goal. Number three is the desire to achieve specific life milestones. Number four is the desire to spend quality time with friends and family. 
one of my top, one of my top. It's a good one, okay. yeah. Number five, the desire to achieve financial stability. That's important. And number six is the desire to do a daring activity, which I think that's pretty interesting that that's number six. That's 15% of people compared to 78% who want to travel because I sometimes feel like I don't have enough daring things on my own bucket list. It's real interesting. That's that's when I turned 65. That's when Anne and I decided to get our scuba certification. So I kind of get that in our research and our talks since we watched the bucket list movie a couple of weeks ago, uh, I've started to broaden my idea of, of the bucket list. It's more about experiences than just travel. It could be, you know, as you, as you said, in your list um, from Stanford is learning, for example, new skills, things like welding or music or dance, or, you know, whatever, whatever you've been wanting to do for a long time. Um, and connecting with people. That was another one, wasn't it, Jill, on your list? Yes, connecting. It was. Yeah. And um, so that it's funny. I have a, a, a friend that <laughs> that I I thought I thought he actually had passed away. The last time I saw him was 18 years old. Uh, we were kids together. And um, then he kind of disappeared from the scene. And 45 years later, I end up connecting with the guy. And it turns out he was a cowboy riding the range <laughs> out in some of the biggest ranches out west. Mm-hmm. And uh, I reconnected with him. And and we went to actually visit him after not seeing each other for 45 years. And honestly, it was like, like a day had not passed since the time that we last saw each other. So this connecting thing is a big deal. And I think that's why the demographic on Facebook is going up, too. And um, even, you know, helping people could could maybe make a bucket list. What do you think, Anne? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it is one of the things that when I was retiring was one of the things that was definitely on my bucket list. I've always wanted to get back in and um, help help people. And I think, you know, I've talked about this before. I really liked working with kids and now I that was one of the things on my list. And now I get to do that. It's nice. Yeah. So, you know, the funny thing is a lot of people think about a bucket list as being, um, you know, big and grand. I don't know about you guys, but, um, there were things on my bucket list 20 years ago that as a retiree are no longer even remotely appealing to me. What about you? You know, I'm, I feel that when I think about the concept of the bucket list, I almost felt kind of bad. Like, huh, do I really, really, do I even really have a bucket list? Am I so uninteresting that I don't want to go skydiving and I don't want to go in a submersible below the ocean? <laughs> you know, if I just want to, I don't know, like I want to babysit for my great niece and nephew and I want to maybe become trained to be a yoga instructor but then i realized it's okay whatever's on your bucket list is fine of course you don't even have to have one but in thinking about the bucket list i have to say that since we started together talking about this topic you guys it has made me want to set more goals for things i'd like to do in the future i'm really grateful to just be thinking about what could be on my bucket list. Ah, that is that's a really good point. So, so we, we've all been doing a little reading on this, and I, I think that it does. You know, it helps if you have a bucket list. It almost helps add structure to your retirement, whether 
wasn't any before or creating a new type of structure, which are goals. And they don't have to be big. You know, it, they don't have to be big and grandiose. Seeing more of your grandchildren is probably one of the best bucket list goals I can think of. That is uh, your great, wait, you're, it's your great nieces? It's my great niece and nephew. And I babysit for them now two hours once a week. And it's one of my favorite things to do. All I do is like play with them. <laughs> and I just do whatever they want me to do for two hours. It is one of the happiest things I do every week. I just love it so much. I never imagined that I would do this, but it turned out my great niece, my nephew and niece have a childcare gap. And I happen to be available to fill, fill in for them for the two hours in which neither one of them was going to be home. And it's, um, straight but, you up know, you, I think you just said it, you know, it's, it's fulfillment. Why would you have a bucket list? Why, why go out of your way to do anything? Well, it's because it's going to provide you with a certain level of fulfillment. And really, it's not about who, you know, it's not about bragging rights. It's not about uh, telling all your friends, I'm going to, I don't know, climb a mountain, or I'm going to go skydiving, or I'm going to uh, walk the Camino Trail, even though those are perfectly fine if you want to do them. But it's more about fulfillment, things that maybe you have always wanted to do, or recently discovered are important to you? Um, you know, when I think about when I worked, for me, I'd get into the office every day and I'd have my to-do list so I would know how I would fill my time that day. And I think like the broadening of my horizon now that I have all this time in front of me, I can still have a bit of a, a bucket list is like a more exciting kind of to-do list, only it's not necessarily yep. stuff you have to do every day. It's just more of an expansion into, into a future. I think the whole point of a bucket list, whether it's formal or not, whether it's written down or not, is that exercise of thinking about the things that will bring you joy, right? And helping you kind of focus your retirement vision better. Because if you're, if you are an adventure person, which Jill, you say absolutely you're not, who knows, but today that's not where you are. So when you think about what's on your bucket list, it helps you focus on your priorities. If you do have you know, adventure, like something in the back of your mind makes you want to do something amazing and cool and something that maybe you've never even thought about, you start focusing your attention in that direction and those kinds of things will come to you, right? I think that's kind of the beauty of a bucket list is keeping it open, keeping it flexible, but helping you, I don't know, put more structure and priority into what it is that you want to focus on. There are reasons why you might want to ditch a bucket list. And I've been doing some research and looking into them and trying to understand, you know, the ins and outs of bucket lists and what's good and what's bad. So when you think about reasons to fuck it, it is really about you don't want to set such high expectations that you get frustrated or you plan this trip around this one thing that seems so important to you. And then you get there and you know, and it's, it's not closed. what you expect. Right. Yeah, and so it kind closed. of blows the whole deal. Right. You're, you're a birder and the birds didn't show up that yeah, day. Right. You know what right, I mean? right. Right. Yeah. Got it. And then it happens. A bucket list should only bring joy. A bucket list is not something that should be bumming you out. Exactly. It's nothing that you need to set out of obligation. Like you feel like you should do this. Everybody says they do this. Maybe I should do this too. I don't think that that's a good reason. That is definitely a reason to say fuck it. 
there's also that sort of um, fear of missing out, like that fear of missing out on um, big trips or the fear of missing out on spontaneous trips. If you've got this thing set and you know you at the end of next year, I'm going to this place, but this cool thing comes up, you know, in, in a month and all your friends are talking about it and it sounds so great. You don't want to be like, oh my gosh, it's not on my bucket list. I just don't think I can do it. Now that's budget aside, right? All those things have to be taken into consideration, but those are reasons why not to get so married to the idea of a bucket list. You don't want to get stuck in that kind of a situation, but there's a lot of reasons. Maybe I skipped something. I said there was two reasons for a bucket list. And one is those things that I just said. The other is, you know, Jill, we talked about things (laughs) that you want to put on your list that are going to make sure that you stay healthy. Like I don't, I don't want to fall down. Right. I don't want to fall. No, I'm serious. Even though I'm only 62 and I'm in very good health and very good physical health. I have to say that the truth is, is that when I go down my basement stairs down towards my concrete floor, I hold on to that banister a little more carefully. Uh, One of my serious uh, bucket list items is preventing falls. I know that makes me sound super old, which I'm not, but I would just rather not break anything. So I'm not going to be proud. I'm not going to fall. Doesn't that fall into the broader category of like, just, just uh, staying safe, right? So that so that you can execute your bucket list. So that's almost like a, and it almost like an insurance policy over your bucket list is be careful. Right. I mean, things do change. We get, I, my balance is not what it used to be for sure. So it's not just you. That's Uh, all true. And Jill, you can think about it the opposite way, which is you also are focused on yoga and there's a lot that you want to do with that. And the purpose of yoga for you, for anyone is it's mental health, but it's also strengthening, keeping balance. I mean, it ties to the things that are on your bucket list. You might search for cool places to go or things to do. And in fact, we know you already have done retreats that include yoga. And you know, this goes, this goes back. I'm going to a yoga. I'm going to a wellness resort at the end of the week. Exactly. Uh, Aruba that's going to have three yoga sessions a day. So yes, I think that it's okay for me to want to be careful so that I can have more fun and do the things on my bucket list. This also ties into our one of our other episodes on health span, because if you think about it, the healthier you keep yourself, the the greater health span you have. And and people, if you if you haven't had a chance to listen to this health span episode, it would be a great idea uh, for some background on this. Um, fascinating. Episode two, right? And so, the greater health span you have the more bucket list you'll be able to approach with confidence and satisfaction. So it all kind of ties together. I couldn't agree more. So then there's this other thing I keep thinking about. I hear people talking about their bucket list and this, this one upsmanship, you know, that's like they brag about their bucket list. They're going here, they're going there, they're going everywhere. Oh, uh, our friends that went to, uh, well, I, I won't mention that. I'm going to stop. Yeah. Don't talk about bragging and then friends. <laughs> yeah, that would be bad. 
anyway, there, there are bragging rights. There are bragging rights that a lot of people associate with their bucket list. And I, I think that puts pressure on friends because uh, I just may not have the same kind of ambitions that another friend, like we scuba dive, right? And a lot of times our bucket list is like, we want to scuba dive the Great Barrier Reef in Australia. And yeah, that would be you know, like totally on my bucket list. But, you know, I don't want to talk too much about that with friends because I don't think that that's necessarily their cup of tea. And your, uh, any of your lower level bucket list items might be just as important as my grand ones because of what it means to you. And I think that's what we really have to think about in a bucket list is what is most meaningful? Like if, if you're if you're laying on your deathbed and you're thinking about uh, you know regrets of what I didn't do or what I should have done on my bucket list, those are going to be the important things. Not you know did I jump out of an airplane, but did I spend more time with people? If I'm a scuba diver, you know did I dive the the places I always wanted to dive? I don't know. That's the way I look at it. I agree with that, and I know, um, you know along the lines of, of reasons to have a bucket list. One of the things that was in that study that, that seemed to me, I was surprised at how low on the list spending time with family and friends was. Yeah, but, that was crazy. I, yeah, I but, would have but put if it you higher. think about it, most of the time, I mean, most of the time when you're traveling or having experiences, it's with your friends and family. And then you have the experience of sharing it with your friends and family, which I don't think is, is one upping. I don't think is bragging. I think sharing those experiences is really fun. I love to hear about what other people are doing. Cause you know, maybe I'd like to do that too. And then maybe I'd like to do it with different friends or family. So, and sometimes you just want to ditch your family because you know, <laughs> <laughs> get the hell out of dodge fuck it i'm that. running i'm out of here right yeah i have a few more uh a little more info about this study that stanford did so the people most likely to list travel as uh top on their bucket list were college educated women Unmarried hmm. men, sixty-five years and over, were the least likely to travel. Were the least likely to list travel on their bucket list, which I think is hysterical. Because if any older women think they might meet a man by going on a solo group travel <laughs> trip, uh, you might have to reconsider. Hook me up. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, women, women younger than 33 years of age were most likely and unmarried persons over 59 were least likely to list achieving a specific life milestone. What's a life milestone? What do they mean by that? Like, I don't know. Is it like having a, having a, starting a family? What would be a specific life milestone? What is that? Yeah, I think it is. Maybe getting married, having a family. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. Participate. Moving. Okay, I've been through all my milestones. I don't have any more stones to throw. I'm just like I'm. I'm like I'm past all my milestones. I don't need any. And that, and I'm over fifty-seven, so that makes sense, right? It makes total sense. Stones right. overturned. We don't stones have to overturned. Worry about that stuff. There's only one stone left in my life, and it'll be right on top of me. Oh God. Great. <laughs> Oh, no, wait, I'm going to be cremated. Oh, Part sick. 
Participants, participants in the survey 63 years and over were most likely to desire time with their family and friends. So there you go. Yep. It's okay, the there it is. These who are most likely to desire quality time with their family and friends. That's because we're not responsible for them anymore. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, it's right? Like, turn it off, leave, or give, it, give them back. Yeah, but it's also, don't forget, we're retired. We're retired. And yeah, so you don't time. have that work yeah. family anymore. That's true. That's right. The work family isn't there. And what we do for our, our camaraderie is usually, you know, we look to family for that. Right. Or family friends, and friends. Or whatever yeah. group that is. Yeah. yeah. I think that's why group travel is so, um, such a big thing at our age, because there's so many people who want that community. And that's that sense of camaraderie with people who are like them. We're not working with people who are like us. And yeah, we take, we take group more group trips now than we used to. I know more than I used to. Um, and I, I think that we know a lot of people, well, the people we travel with, you know, are, we're all group travelers. Yeah. And recently I had the most incredible convening with some people from my past that I have to say just completely filled my heart and soul. I got a last minute uh, Facebook message from a guy who was in a fraternity at my university. I was a little sister at this fraternity. I have oh. to say, I've <laughs> talked to this guy in 40 years. And he and a bunch of other frat brothers were coming to town for homecoming and for their 40th reunion. And they included me. I thought, okay, maybe I'll just show up for like a half an hour, say hello to anybody and leave. I ended up spending the whole weekend with this guys. Most, most of the time I was the only woman and like 12 guys who were, you know, over 60. And <laughs> it was the most amazing time. I was so happy after the first night when I first went to see them. I thought, I need more of this. So yes, I'll show up at the tailgate, even though, you know, tailgating is not really my thing. Well, you know what? It was my, now it's my thing. Now in my 60s, I want to tailgate with old friends. But like now when I try to think about, oh, traveling a little more. I'm not quite sure, you know, how to um, how to do it and how to do it so that I am with people that I like, because you definitely don't want to find yourself traveling with a group of strangers that you don't like. And so we turned to a group travel expert. Jen Donati is a travel designer, a travel writer, a virtuoso travel advisor and a travel consultant. And she has helped a lot of retirees plan the trip of their dreams. Jen Donati of Virtuoso Travel, it's great to have you here. You're the perfect guest for our show on the bucket list for retirees. We know that the Stanford School of Medicine conducted a bucket list research project. They published their results in a journal in 2018. 3,056 people across the U.S. were interviewed, and of those, 91% reported having a bucket list of some kind, and 78% of them had a desire to travel. Jen, what can you tell us about why group travel among retirees is so popular? Thanks, Jill. It's great to be here. Um, I think group travel, uh, especially with retirees, is so popular for a few really important reasons. One of the first is safety. You know, there's safety in numbers. Uh, secondly, I think that as we get older, 
And, you know, maybe some of our friends move away or pass away, change, you know, where they're living, spend half of the year in one place or the other. We're looking to make more connections. And group travel is a great way to do that because group travel can be around not just a place, but an interest that you have. Um, for instance, I had a group that I sent last year on a river cruise. So they specifically wanted river cruising and they loved French wines. So we sent a group of 20 people on a fabulous cruise last fall that we were able to get kind of half price. And it was with an American chef who has an interest in French wines and they loved it. And, you know, they, they got to know each other. And often when people go on these group trips, they tend to meet people and travel with those people again, and then they'll bring their friends in and then that person will bring their friends in and they, they create a whole new group of, um, you know, friends that have a similar interest, which I think is amazing, right? That's because a great point. As I get closer and closer to retirement age, I don't see any um, slowdown in my interest of learning every day and, you know, having that something exciting and new to get up for. I think your interests can actually grow in retirement because you have all this time to expand your interests, really, making new friends, new experiences. How do people actually sort through all of these possibilities? How are people making decisions about what kinds of travel experiences to have? That is a really good question. I will have a client come to me with a specific idea in mind and we'll work through it based on the place or the activity or the hobby or interest that they have. What are the most popular types of trips you book for groups? Cruises are by far, um, even post-pandemic, the most popular trips um, that we have. Lots of cruises on rivers now because the cruise lines tend, those cruises are smaller. Then another big thing that I'm seeing is train travel. Ah, interesting. Yes, which is also a really, really nice thing to do. Um, and that can be all the way from, um, in Canada, <laughs> Jill probably knows they have some really, really amazing, um, train lines. Is that like the, the Rocky Mountaineer one? Is that one exactly of them? the Rocky Mountaineer? And that's become so popular that they now have a Rocky Mountaineer that operates a few months of the year in a couple of the national parks. Oh, that's yeah. Awesome. We have I have a lot of clients that will do a cruise with one of the larger cruise lines, and sometimes they'll have a nice deal with the Rocky Mountaineer. So the clients would do maybe the um, inner Alaska cruise, and then get off in Vancouver, and then take the Rocky Mountaineer heading east from Vancouver. Oh, that sounds great. In Europe, um, there are quite a few different train lines that people can choose from. There are quite a few in the UK, specifically Scotland. There's the Orient Express. And then for people that, you know, want to invest in like a, a special trip, there are a couple of high-end hotel lines that have their own rail system. So there are people that will go from, um, Bel it's Belmont, they'll go from one property to the other on trains that the train line owns. And that's a great way to get to know people. 
And then the biggest one of all, I have people that are on it right now, is the Rovos, Rovos Rail, and that's in Southern Africa. Oh. It's, yes, it's it's incredible. It's based out of South Africa. Uh, a couple had this as a dream. They got together a bunch of old cars from different rail companies. Oh, that's interesting. So as you're traveling, you might start off in Cape Town on a steam engine. And then that goes to diesel. And then that goes back to steam. Oh, how cool is that? It's really cool. And everything is done in the style of, say, the 20s to the 40s. Really? Um, it's very elegant. And you can, you know, dress for dinner. Mm -hmm. And you can choose to go for a few days all the way up to a couple of weeks. So the gentlemen that I have on it are retirees. And they're going all the way from Cape Town to Dar es Salaam. Wow, that's amazing. And it allows you to see parts of the savannah that you otherwise wouldn't. It's a, it's a nice slow travel. You get off every day the way you would on a cruise line and, and have different experiences. So Jen, in addition to cruises and train travel, what other types of group travel are popular with retirees? A huge um, ask is for walking tours. The great thing about that is they can be at all different levels. There are all different price points. And throughout the continental um, North and South America and around the world. Additionally, we have a lot of requests for biking tours. And just like the walking tours, they can be different um, levels we even have a lot of e-bike tours uh, in different areas around the world. And those are really, really appreciated and beloved. Man, e-bikes inspired so many different uh, modes of entertainment, transportation. So I never thought about that. Yeah. That is pretty cool. E it's really tours. great. I'm going to have to look into that. It might be one of the only ways to, uh, to bike around the Alps. Sure. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, Funny that you mentioned that. We have a lot of Alp tours on motorcycles for people of all ages. And uh, oh, that that would be awesome. Really big. So pretty much any any way that you can think of travel, there is a group for it, a small group, and um, at all different price points. The other super important thing for any age, but particularly for those of us who are, you know, retirement age, is to have ins trip insurance. Mm. And by that, I mean, not what you have on your credit card. I mean, a third party travel insurance. And it's so important that I actually make my clients sign off if they don't take it. And if you are doing a group, you as the group leader want to be sure that that is being done to protect you also as the group leader. Let's say I'm going to a travel advisor and I say, listen, I'm traveling alone and I want to join a group. What would help the travel advisor know me better? So I'm matched with a group with similar interests. I mean, me, I like to do yoga. I like to read a lot of books. I'm not super into high octane experiences. What are the kinds of things that help travel advisors know their clients better? So um, what we, most of us do is we'll have a 15 minute introductory call we'll ask you uh, questions and get to know you a bit better. And then we'll also send you a form for you to fill out specific for specifics. 
then we have any good agent or agency should have a CRM system. And all of that is put into the CRM, into the file. And then from that, we can match you to the groups that we see, either that we've created, like I mentioned, or that we see are available on cruise lines or on different tour companies. Virtuoso has a wonderful program called Virtuoso Voyages for cruising, specifically for people that are retirement age. And those are cruises that are chosen, gosh, it's normally three years ahead of time. Wow. And yes, and those cruise lines set aside rooms and those rooms are discounted heavily. That's a little secret. I should have mentioned that earlier that a lot of a lot of people don't know about. Again, I didn't know about it until I entered the industry. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> What's nice about that is they then assign a travel advisor. Um, and in return, we host that voyage for all those people that have signed up. And if somebody is a solo or single passenger, it's our job to reach out to them um, and reach out to their advisor to make sure that we're really taking care of them. You know, this seems like a great time for you to tell our listeners about the Wanderlist site and what that's all about, because I think it's really a beautiful way to tap into your clients' dreams and aspirations. Sure, I'd love to. It's it's such a great idea. So um, this this consortium that I've mentioned before called Virtuoso had done some research similar to what you mentioned earlier um, with the Stanford research. They did it over a variety of age groups and um, life experiences. Um, so, you know, families, families with children, couples, people getting married, um, retirees, retirees that want to do multi-generational trips. And they were trying to figure out what they could find to help people make their travel more robust, more personalized, and get more return on their asset, which is their time, which is non-renewable, right? So they came up with this idea of a thing called a wander list. And the idea is to do it you know, up to five years out, because sometimes when you're planning a bigger trip, like say on a cruise or to Africa or Japan, you know, something that's either expensive, um, a lot of time and days, you need time to plan that out. And the wander list is set up almost like Netflix. It's really fun. So I'll, I'll I tell my clients, grab a couple of glasses of wine, or, you know. Okay, well, for some, it might be a gummy while travel surfing or on gummy. the web. Um, yeah, so, you know, sit down, get relaxed. It's set up like Netflix, which I really love. And you pick places that interest you. Then once you have a few places that interest you, you get to do a deeper dive and say like, okay, Jill, you've chosen Italy. What would you like to do in Italy? And I remember you mentioned yoga, so you could touch yoga and then it will ask you some more things. So it will then come up with some ideas for you. And, you know, I know it would probably tell you to go to Southern Tuscany um, in the um, Montole Palitano areas. There are really great borgos, which are villages that have been turned into 
little towns where you can do yoga retreats and have wine and walk around and pet goats. So, you know, something like that might pop up. And so everyone can do their wanderlust together and then you find the commonalities and you plan from there. It's it's a really, really fun thing to do. Jen, you've been a wealth of information for our listeners, and I'm sure we've only scratched the surface. If our listeners would like more in-depth or personalized advice on group travel for retirees, how can they reach you? Thanks for asking, Jill. Um, the Probably the quickest way right now is to reach out to me at T-H-E-D-O-N-A-T-I-S at yahoo.com, dedonatis at yahoo.com. I check that several times a day. And thanks to all of you for listening to this episode of The Paranoid Retiree. We hope you've taken away some good information and been entertained in the process. It's our mission to help you let go, give yourself permission to enjoy retirement, to provide you with a boost of assurance and psychological energy so you can be adventurous and stay motivated and to find all the humor around you in this amazing stage of life. Be sure to listen to our other episodes right here and subscribe today so you can be notified when we drop each new episode of The Paranoid Retiree. Take care. Take care.